I wanted to share something with you. It's, uh, you know, when I, when I say supernatural, I want you to realize it's just, it should be just natural. Because sometimes I think when we think of the supernatural, um, we think only certain people have it or uh, you have to work yourself up into this amazing level of faith or something to do it. But nothing, supernatural is just natural. And so I wanted to share some things with you because uh, um, how many of you guys want to accomplish more in one second than what you can do in your own effort in a year? So Barb and I caught this early on, and, uh, and then we did all the traditional things that uh, people are doing, but we realized, you know what, it's all real. The supernatural is very real. It's only limited by what you can imagine and believe. So God doesn't limit us, but he, he, we were created in his likeness, and so I want to share a couple things with you, and I debated about even sharing the book, but I'll share the book and then put some caveats on it. And so... Um, well, let me just read this. Some of you guys know Yonggi Cho, right? He's got the largest church in the world. And, and, um, um, but there's a lot of confusion that goes along with that too because uh, as I talk about these books, just, hey, if you want to get them, great. I, I'll summarize it for you so you don't need to get them because I, I think you're going to get confused by the legalism in there because uh, uh, by God's grace, it just works and it doesn't require all the fasting, the this, the that, the, the faith. And so I want to share this with you because we caught this. this. This stuff excites me. I think it excites every human being. Um, but he shares this testimony in one of his books where, uh, uh, you know, Hebrews 11.1 1 says this, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen, everything we can see, are not made by the things which are visible. So basically he's saying, if you've read his book, The Fourth Dimension, he's going, hey, the physical world is the third dimension. We see in three dimensions, but there's a spirit realm. And we create by the things that in the spirit realm. So what is that? I'll kind of, let me just share this. Here's a testimony, then I'll go through some of the highlights. But it's very scriptural, guys. And if you understand it, it's, uh, um, well, let me just share this with you. So anyway, he, I'm not going to share names, etc. But, you know, Dr. Cho was at Fuller Seminary. Uh, and uh, there was a pastor there, and it says, he, he so this is where it gets strange to me. He goes, hey, I've got this ability. I've, God's given me this divine gift to, uh, make deformed legs grow out. And then I think, what, I think what most people then think, like, well, he's got that gift, but I don't. And that's the part I don't like, because it's the same spirit is what it says. So anyway, um, so Jim, just read this to you. So it's at the office, there was an Iraqi whose leg had been amputated as a result of an accident. So his leg's not there. Does that make sense? Let's, let's just make this clear, because there's a piece of his leg gone. And it grows back. Is that kind of cool or is that kind of cool? So I think that's cool. That stuff got, got us excited, and I'll share some of our testimony. So it says, uh, then they were praying and praying, because I think they're doing all the traditional things. They're spitting and yelling and commanding things to happen, and, and uh, I just didn't see Jesus do that. Jesus was the coolest dude on the planet, man. He was cool hand Luke, and he just went up there and did his deal. And uh, guess what? We're creating this likeness and have the same spirit. So if I didn't see Jesus spitting and yelling and screaming i'm not gonna do it now you can do it if you want I, I believe god's like this it goes oh you're gonna give me the spitting deal okay i'll work with that um but i think if you also go you know what i just know that if i require anything that his name qualifies me for i have it it's that simple does that make sense so that's my, that's my hesitation of, of talking about some of these books but anyway here's here's the story so he was yelling spitting etc commanding the leg to go and uh and then everyone, <laughs> Dr. Cho and all the pastors were starting to apologize because nothing was happening. And then he said he went at it again. He goes, um, right at that moment, something unbelievable occurred. In fact, I couldn't believe my eyes. I was so stunned that I fell backwards. Within 30 seconds, that man's leg grew out. See, that's cool to me. 
That's really cool. And I think we all have this. But we've, been, we've grown, especially in the West, like when we did our Bible school in Africa, they just believe this stuff. But they believe you have to do it with all the spitting, fasting, everything else. And so the world just kind of, what an answer to somebody if we can, if we can heal their physical body. Does that make sense? Uh, and just show them by the divine love that it works that way, where they don't have to look strange and embarrass themselves and lay down and we gotta chase them with a cloth and all this stuff. I just don't like that because I, it's not necessary. It'll work if you do that, but it's not necessary. That's my whole point. So um, I was absolutely astounded by the obvious miracle that I had witnessed. I had no idea God would do something that amazing for us. From the time on, I knew quite poignantly how close God really is in our lives. How close is he? It's right here. That's what the Holy Spirit was going to do. I'm gonna, you, there's no separation is what he's trying to say. is In that day, you're going to realize I'm in you and you're in me and we're one. We're married. It's a beautiful thing. Whatever I have, you have. And so this was a wonderful healing that took place in the office of a professor. Not in some church, not on prayer mountain, not in a revival meeting, not in a healing crusade. How great and awesome God's grace is. He is not far from us. Some think he's trillions of light years away from us. That's that impression I'm trying to get away from you when we pray that God's over there somewhere at a distance and we're praying to a distant God. And no, it's, he goes, you're the temple. It's gonna be rivers of living water flowing out of your innermost man, your spirit. So... Uh, he's not trillions of light years away from us. He is right here with us, closer than the air we breathe. He hears us, he sees us. To this day, our wonderful God is performing miracles through us, the same kind of miracles that he carried out through Jesus Christ in the Judean hills 2,000 years ago. So I just wrote, it's not something special for their prayer, fasting, holy life produces. It's not of works, lest people can boast. But I see most people in these ministries boast. And then it eliminates you, the common guy, to go, I could never do that because I don't have that cool gift. You have the same spirit. Right? And I don't care how bragging and holy they are. They got the same issues you do. And so just know that every one of you have the ability to go produce. That's what I've been trying to get across to you. We're fearfully and wonderfully made. And so it's not of works, lest he boast. Let his love and light just simply flow through you. And it says, you can receive and and, uh, do as much as what your heart and imagination can see. That's really it. Isn't that cool? So because we're not presented with this stuff a lot, I think we think it's... uh, uh, and a lot of things, like I said, that you see and hear, they, um, they make it sound like they're special or they have a special anointing or um, they prayed in tongues for 10 hours and that's why it works and you know, all this nonsense. And uh, uh, what's really interesting to us is what we, this is what we could never figure out too when we, when we believe the lie of separation, that you could be separated from God because we would go, you know what? The, uh, this is what I was taught anyway. And, and so they would, they would go to like a shaman or something. The shaman would heal them. And then the Christians go, well, no, see, that's dark magic. That's, that's the wrong spirit. And I go, no, it's the same. It's the same, it's the same thing. And it, to me, it's like the, the blind man, right? Did they call Jesus Beelzebub when, he, when they healed the blind man? Isn't that what Christians still do today? Well, they healed him with this black magic. This is the same argument. And so did the guy who got his sight care whether it was shaman or Jesus? He's like, I don't know what you guys are talking about, Beelzebub, whatever. I don't really care because I was blind and now I can see. Hallelujah. Does that make sense? And the, the, the religious people hate it because they didn't do it, right? And they're just like, and they start to gnash their teeth again. So anyway, do I have enough caveats in there? Like, it's free. It's for you. It's, it's, there's, no, there's no limits. It's really reprogramming your heart. It's repentance. That doesn't mean remove some sin. It's metanoia. Change what you see and think. 
And so I just want to share a couple things with you because I got most of this out of the, his book, The Fourth Dimension. I'll read it and then we'll go through scripturally. And that's why I go, you don't need to get this because he's going to, get, he's going to make you jump through all the religious hoops about faith and, and everything else. But what it did do for us is it really moved us to go, he's very real and he's very present. And uh, it's limitless what he will do with us and through us and for us. Does that, does that make sense? So how many guys know you don't have to be a... Uh, and really it's this, it's... Um, I believe we're so incredibly gifted and fearfully and wonderfully made. We have, we, have, we have no idea how much we actually produce by what's in our heart. And that's what I'm trying to get to you. It's not, it's not battling demons. It's not spiritual warfare, all the stuff you've been taught. Spiritual warfare is believing the wrong thing, believing the right thing. It's taking, the, taking every thought to the obedience of what? Christ. So if you're worried about a demon, are you taking that thought to the obedience of Christ? Even if there was one, it's gone. He's defeated them. Does that make sense? And so let me just read this. this. We caught this early on in business, and I think that's why it worked for us, why business worked. And so um, I'll just share the, the main parts, then we'll go through Scripture. So here's, here's what he says. He says, watch your heart, your mind, and your speech above everything else, because that's the material that God uses to create the physical. So watch your heart, your mind, your speech above everything else, because that's what God creates the physical with. Does that make sense? And then he says this. As he says, uh, uh, the, I love this stuff. Um, through dominion in the fourth dimension, basically the spirit realm, the realm, you can give order to your circumstances. Isn't that good? So if you've gotten something chaotic in your life, here's what I want you to get. get. Oh, it's hard for charismatics too. Because if something's going wrong in their life, they immediately start battling a demon or blaming Satan or something. Right? I just think it's nonsense, personally. I just go, you're producing because of a wrong belief system in your heart, and you're just reprogramming that thing over and over and over. And so if he can get you busy trying to read Scripture more, pray in tongues more, do this more, etc., versus, you know what, if you focus on his love and light, all that stuff dissolves, it goes away. No spitting, no yelling, Jesus loud or anything. Your neighbors, you don't even have to freak your neighbors out. In fact, I think they'll go, that's a cool life, I want that. Versus, you guys are strange. So anyway, he says that uh, you can give order to your circumstances, give beauty to the ugly and chaotic, and healing to the hurt and suffering. Doesn't that sound like Jesus? And he goes, you've given me the same spirit. And this is the part I wanted to get, give to you guys. Um, this is the part we caught that's so beautiful. And he says this. He says, uh, your heart, your speech. He says in other words, but I'm clarifying. He says, uh, uh, your heart, your mind, your speech can in one second do far greater things that you can do in, a, in an entire year on your own. Man, we caught that in business, actually. And so uh, we weren't battling demons. We weren't trying to pray more. We weren't tonguing more. We were doing none of that. We worked on this. Because we knew that's what the material, these things we see were not created by things that you can see. It was created by the spiritual realm, the fourth dimension. Does that make sense to you guys? And so I'm just going to try to go through scripture. Let's go to this first slide. So I want you to realize that's real. All you guys online, too, that's real. And so uh, I think... I think um, I think religion's got people busy doing stuff. And the, uh, man, and people are, are, they're trying to get the gifts and they're trying to tongue and pray and everything but change their heart. And so they're wondering why their life's a mess. So there's two major spirits. Let's start from the beginning. There's two major trees. Trees are always representative of man, right? We're oaks of righteousness is what it says. So the trees were always men. So there's two kinds of men. 
There's one man that eats from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, good, bad. Hey, if I'm good, God's going to be good. If I'm bad, what's going to happen? The curse, the bad, the devil's after me, whatever, right? What happens with that? You die. You start to perish. Things start to, things don't work in your life. You just, you don't feel like a son. Things, you look around, you go, if this is Christianity, I don't want it. At least that's how I looked at it. I was like, really? That's what Christianity looks like? Then I don't want it. That's what, I'm just being real, right? I was like, this, this over here, we're, we're working fine without your stuff. We're over here doing our thing. And that was working. But when you start to realize, like, wait a minute, whoa, God's for me? And he's removed everything that's against me? Now it's exciting. Like, so the creator of the universe is in me and I get to create with him? Yes, isn't that cool? That's cool to me. So there's only two trees. One is I have to do something, and if I'm good at it, uh, he's good, but if I did something bad or didn't do something right or didn't hear him right, or uh, what, are the, what are all the things that if something's going wrong in your life, they tell you it's up to you, you need to do this. Get sin out of your life. Somebody else did that for you. He removed sin as far as the east is from the west. You're not supposed to have consciousness of it. But uh, almost every ministry I see is like sin conscious. Hey, don't do this or God's not going to bless you. Are you kidding me? Look at Hollywood and all these crazy things. So anyway, knowledge of good and evil produces fear. Where the tree of life is Christ, he is, he is the tree of life, produces what? Love, joy, peace, all the things that we really want. So anyway, fear produces religious works. We see that in Galatians. It said, you know what? If we believe that God's mad and angry and, and we could be separated, what do we do? We get busy with stuff. And what does it produce? Anger, murder, strife, all the different things that we hate. When we realize there's no separation, he's removed sin as far as the West. He loves me perfectly despite me. And he's radically forgives me. And he's, he's right here, right now, willing to do anything that we want if we focus on life. Follow me? Isn't that a better deal? And if we reprogram ourselves of the right thinking, the right belief systems, guess what happens? We start to experience life. It's actually quite easy. So it, that's why Proverbs says this. It says that, and, and you guys have seen that. If you go look at the science behind this, if we're operating in fear, it actually shuts down the part of your nervous system in your brain where you can create, where you can feel compassion and love, where you can feel empathy. That's why I see so many Christians angry. You know, you, and you guys know that. Man, just go tell them that God loves everybody. And woo, or they get upset. <laughs> Crazy, isn't it? Why, why would we not be excited about that, that God's good and he loves everybody? That's just, it's just bizarre to me. Because you know what? They, it, they're, they're a little bit in here yet. And so when they realize that, man, it takes away their boasting, <clears throat> the, the anger comes out. Just try it sometime. Just tell a religious guy, God loves everybody. And he will spin through the roof. So I'm serious. It's sad to me. And you know what? It never changes. So Jesus is perfect theology. I think you're starting to understand that. That he was the word of God, the logic of God that came in the flesh. And so Jesus said this. He goes, none of you know me. He said, Moses didn't know me. Abraham didn't know me. You guys, you Pharisees, you don't know me. The high priest, you don't know me. You all have a distorted image of who I was, starting from Adam and Eve. They thought God was angry because of their own guilt and shame. They thought that separated them from God. Nothing could have been further from the truth. He was in them, through them, holds them together, loved them perfectly. And so his wrath was really eliminating anything that separated his love of his life, us, from him. Now, it only separated in our minds, but that's, that's the, really the whole thing that happened. So anyway, um, that's why it says, hey, guard your heart above all things, because guess what? That's the wellsprings. That's the boundaries of life. It's all spiritual. That was Jesus' parable, right? He said, listen, the parable of parables is the parable of what? 
the sower, right? And so he's, and they, they said, we don't understand this parable. And what was Jesus' response? If you don't understand this parable, you're going to not understand anything in Scripture. That's what he told them. This is the king of kings. If you, this is, if you don't understand this parable, you don't know anything. And unfortunately, most Christians don't understand the parable. So guess what, guess what their interpretation of Scripture is? A mess. It's a mess. It's so conflicting. Because they go, well, one, one, God says this over here, and he says this over here, and the Bible says this, and gosh, man, just what, a, what a crazy argument. So guard your heart above all things, because that's where everything happens, guys. And so when we hear the true good news, it increases our capacity to receive everything good from the Father. All the promises are yes and amen. So anyway, let's go to the next slide, and we'll get through this, because uh, I really want to get... Um, uh, so Philippians 4. So, he, so here's, here's, uh, here's Paul's letter to Philippians. He says this, be anxious for how many things? So does he tell us to worry about the devils after me? Does he tell us to, does he tell us to argue about the Old Testament stories? Does he tell us to argue about baptism? Nothing. Be anxious about nothing, but in everything. So he's, Paul's very inclusive if you read his writings. He's always like, things above earth, below the earth, below, the, so that all are in all. He's, Paul's always, and somehow religious people have gotten that all twisted up, but he's very inclusive. So he goes, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. Okay? So if you got something going on in your life, what does he tell you to do? Share it with him, right? And the shalom, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will do what? Defeat the demon. What's it going to do? It's going to guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. See what spiritual, true, true spiritual warfare is? Watch this and this, guys. Right? Watch this and this. Because this, this is the parable of all parables. I sowed the word. Some people believed it. Some people had a stony heart where wouldn't couldn't break up. But some people received it with joy and thanksgiving. It produced 30, 60, 100. So what puts in here will produce in the, in the physical, right? So finally, brethren, so then he tells us what we should be concerned ourselves with and see if, uh, turn, turn on Christian TV and see if this is what they're concerning so, themselves with. <laughs> It'll be everything but this. So, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, do what? Meditate on things that are lovely, true, pure. Right? That's challenging, isn't it? Because I see the people that, that, that are struggling in different areas of their life, and it's all about demons and this and that and... God's going to do this, and the spirits are going to converge. And I'm like, which planet are you on, man? Like, what are you talking about? It's guard your hearts and your minds, because that's what changes everything. Follow me? So he says, hey, meditate or, or ponder those things, things that are lovely, things that are pure. So is there any, is there any uh, sin that would separate you from God, what you're supposed to be concerned about? Do we have to make sure they, they uh, say the magic words before they die? Otherwise, they'll be tortured in hell. No, he says, don't, even, what, don't talk about stuff like that. Talk about this stuff, right? Concern yourself with this stuff. So 
whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. These, the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of shalom will be with you. You guys get it? Does that help you guys? So let's, let's start at the top. Be anxious for nothing. So if there's something that you, that's not life going on in your life, what, you sh- what should you do? Talk to him. Now, I, here's what most people do, and, and we're, I'm trying to get you what prayer is. They, they spit out some prayer, and then they go, okay, I'm going to go to bed, and I, I, I fully believe that when I wake up, this is what's going to happen. Nine times out of ten, what happens? It didn't happen. Right? And then they go, prayer doesn't work. Prayer is not just... Prayer is meditating and pondering these things, and, and, I, and I think until you can feel a shift in your... You'll, you'll, when you really are persuaded about something, when I was persuaded I loved her, it wasn't, uh, oh, Lord, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. And uh, um, I'm going to say Jesus aloud, and then it's going to happen. And then I didn't go to sleep. Then I didn't go to sleep and go, okay, when I wake up, she's going to be fully into me. But that's how we treat prayer a lot of times. And prayer is just, it's, there's something going on in our life. First thing you need to know is you're perfectly loved and radically forgiven. There's nothing that separates you from God. God's for you a hundred million percent. What if you're in sin? For you. He's removed sin as far as the east is the rest. He's wondering what you're doing dinking around with it. Does that make sense? Like You should have no more consciousness of that. I tried to show you that you could kill me, and I would still go, forgive them, Father. They don't, there's no limits to what, how he'll forgive you. Does that make sense to you guys? And then they think, well, you're giving them a license to sin. I go, no, I'm just being honest. I'm being honest because the guys who don't give them a license are typically the ones messing around and don't want anybody to know. And I go, I'm not stupid, man. It's like people are people and think we all struggle with stuff, do we not? In fact, you show me the one guy who doesn't have something going on in his life and I'll go, oh, you just met Jesus. Right? And so get over that stuff, guys. And here's the thing, they when you, when you focus on things that are lovely, pure, etc., you know what will happen to you? All that other stuff just kind of fades away. It's, it's supernatural, really. The Spirit starts to breathe His life into you, and you start to live through Him, where it's not even... A, if you're trying to do it in willpower, I promise you it's just a matter of time before you blow up. And then if you come to me, I'll go, no problem, man. He still loves you, forgives you. You're still righteous. What's causing the lack right now is not because a devil and a demon, you, they're not defeated, that's nonsense. It's a lack of light. You, you can't see something that's already true about you. Follow me? So anyway, uh, does that make sense to you guys? So you meditate, you ponder, and you think on these good things. Because here, here's what I just heard this, and some of you guys have heard this, uh, these quotes. So don't quote me on the exact number because I'm like, who knows? Um, but the, the stat I heard was most of us have 60,000 thoughts a day, right? And most of us talk to somebody all day. Who is it? Ourself, <laughs> Right? And most of it is on rewind. We just have the same patterns, the same thought patterns over and over and over and over and over. That's why metanoia, repent, change that thought pattern. Because your thought pattern is what's producing in the physical. Follow me? I want you to not even worry about, uh, like how many times, in the last year, how much have we talked about Satan and the devil? Zero. It's just you guys bring it up. <laughs> we talk about it because it's not. We have nothing to do with him. 
Does that make sense? He's not chasing me. He's not doing this. He's not doing that. There's no spirits. Nothing. Nothing. We're in charge of this thing by how do we guard our hearts and minds. Does that make sense? And so he's done. Don't even concern yourself with all that stuff because it's worthless. Focus on these things. And guess what? You'll start to produce life and life more abundantly, which is beautiful. Follow me? So you got that? All right, let's go to the next slide. And I'm just giving you a couple. You guys know all these, but John 16, 23, you know, at the end of his three and a half year ministry, he, Jesus knows what's about going to go on. And he's talking to his disciples. I think it's the chapter right before this in John 15. He says, you know what? I say all these things to remind you so that my joy will be in you and your joy will be full. He was all about, I want your joy to be full. Because they didn't understand what was going to happen yet. Because he's trying to tell them, he goes, I'm going to go away. I'm going to get after, I'm going to, basically you guys are going to kill me. The, the legal system of the, the, the religious leaders are going to kill him. And the political system of the day are going to kill him. Rome and the, the Jewish legal system killed him. Isn't that true? They conspired against him and killed him. Those are the principalities and powers that we're dealing with. Stuff like that. It's not a demon hovering over your house. He's not talking about that. So, it's us. It's us. Because of their guilt, their anger, their shame, they go, we're going to kill him in the name of God. Isn't that exactly what happened? That's exactly what happened. So, he goes, but listen, it's kind of like childbirth. Once you see that I rose on the third day, you're going to forget about all this torment and stuff, and you're going to be pumped up again when you see me. That's what basically what he said. So then he continues in John 16, and he says, hey, when, when you realize what actually happened, and, and I send my spirit to you where you're going to realize that Oh, we were never separated. You're my dad, and you love me. I can call you Abba. Now, people, we've taken that so just flippantly, but that's what they crucified Jesus for. They, they called him a blasphemer because he said, God's my dad. And he goes, hey, if God's your dad, that makes you co-equal with God. We call you a blasphemer. So then Jesus, so check that out. So Jesus is, then when, they, when, when the Holy Spirit comes, it goes, whoa, I get what he's trying to say now. We all have access to the Father and can call him Dad. And not only is he our Father, so we have the full inheritance in Jesus Christ, but he's also my husband. I'm fully married. Isn't that cool? So if you can't fit Scripture in the context of being a good dad in a marriage, a perfectly loving, forgiven marriage, I think you're interpreting Scripture wrong. He makes it easy. He gives us earthly things. Like when, when I do marriages, I love marriages because they're just fun to me. And he goes, it's a mystery. It's like the, the physical marriage here demonstrates what's true about the Father and you. And uh, I don't understand how it all works because Paul says it's a mystery. So anyway. But here's the cool part. In that day, you will ask me nothing because Jesus is going away, right? But he says, I'm not going to leave you orphaned. What's he going to do? I'm going to send you my spirit. People focus on that baptism, the more important part of that baptism is what? Revelation that he's your dad. That's the spirit he's going to pour out on you that you have, he can call him Abba. And I think we've missed it completely. You know, everybody's running around. Did you get baptized in the spirit? That's the first thing people ask me. Was, you get baptized? Yeah, yeah. Do you know what the name of Jesus means? That's what he wants to baptize you in, that you're one with him. That's more important, in my opinion, because I see lots of people trying to run around with the gifts, but their life sucks. And it's not really impressive to me. I want to see life with the gifts. Does that make sense? If, I, if I'm married to her, she's more important than me. After a while, she's going to go, enough with the gifts, man. I want time with you. I want your love. Does that make sense? And that's what God really wanted. So anyway, in that day, you will ask me nothing because he's going to go. But he says, I'm not going to leave you an orphan. I'm going to send you the spirit that you know you can talk to him yourself. And you're going to realize he's in you. And I'm in us. And the, the creator of the universe, everything summed up is right here. 
and you're one with him. Man, that's huge if you understand that. So most assuredly, I say to you, whatever, most, you see, he's trying to assure people, most assuredly, if Jesus is saying most assuredly, how sure does he want you to be? You just never know. You know, God won't heal you if you have unforgiveness in your life. What kind of garbage are we peddling? Right? Most assuredly, most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, meaning that whatever my name implies, when you realize you're my son, just like Jesus was his son, when you realize you're a co-equivalent, you're, you're a son, then here's the truth. Whatever you ask the Father with that name, meaning whatever that name qualifies you for, that you're born into the family of God, Ephesians says it this way, you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. How many are left out? Zero. You're completing Christ, lacking nothing. Man, he's over and over and over. Paul, geez, I've given you two things so you can have a rock, so you're, you, you can have assurance is what he's saying. My oath and my promise, you just never know. <laughs> when we went to a went to the church, they were going to mentor us. They come out with like, some of you guys know the story, like this many piles of books. Here's how to pray. Holy. It's not real difficult. Here's a, here, let me see if you get this. You ask, you shall receive. Okay, so what part do you do? You ask, and what part does he do? He gives it to you. I just taught you how to pray. Hallelujah. But everything but that's taught, so guess what? As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So if you think you've got to go through those prayer books and get the sin out of your life, and this, now the promise is not yes and amen. It's maybe. And sometimes God answers. Sometimes he delays. No, none of that's in Scripture. Does that make sense? See, I, I get more assurance from this. I ask, he gives it so I'm pumped up about life. Until now you've asked, that's in my name. Ask, you will receive, so you can be pumped up. So life's exciting. You can start to experience life. So if, there, if there's healing I need, if I ask for it, what do I get? I get it. Is that about as simple a thing as you can do or what? See, that'll give you assurance if you meditate on that. Like, wow, he loves me. When I was still dead in sin, he died for me. How will he, he'll freely give me everything. Hallelujah. And you're not going to run off and be tempted to sin more. You're, honestly, you're just going to go, this God thing, the religion, you can have it. But this God thing, it's the bomb. He's the man. And I can't wait to share this with people because it's actually good news. Does that make sense? So, anyway, you guys getting this? Okay, so... How, how hard is prayer? You, and that, that word, Jeff Force knows this, we talked about this, that word ask, we, it's, I, I hate the English translation because ask is like this, is we think like, if bear, I've, this is the analogy I like to use because bear is 13, my little guy, right? And bear's full of life, he's spirited, man. And so if bear asks me for the car keys, what am I gonna do? No, <laughs> no. no. So we think it's like a yes, no, but that's not what he's saying. He goes, anything in my name, anything my name qualifies you for, what, what, 
What does his name qualify you for? Every blessing. Every blessing. Does that make sense? Their every blessing is yes and amen. So if you require health, what does he give? Is that qualified in his name? Yes. If you require provision, is that qualified in his name? Yes. If you, if you, uh, if you, if you um, I don't know whether some things people need. There's only a handful of things people worry about. They worry about lack of health, they worry about lack of money, and they worry about lack of love. And one tree produces the opposite of all that, but Jesus gives it all the others freely. That's what I'm trying to get you to see. Does that make sense? And he did it all. He's convinced that he did it all. He's convinced that he removed sin and death from the world, and he freely calls, you can freely call him dad now. And anything you require, goes, the kingdom of God is at hand. Anything you require, you can have it. But here's the thing. Your heart is a determinant of how much you receive, not what he's withholding. It's what you receive. Does that make sense? Does that help you guys? So it's really like, how, how much can we really believe God for? That's why I love the, the radical um, miracle stories, but I hated all the requirements attached to it, where, guys, you can produce the same thing. You just don't, because they'll teach you about these miracles, and then they'll go, but here's the price of power. Here's what you need to do to get it. I don't even do this with my life. You're a religious turd. Stop that. Just, you're, not, you're not assuring anybody. Does that make sense? Jesus will never change. The only people he ever pushed back on were who? The people that said you have to qualify for God's blessings. Does that make sense? Anybody who put unequal yokes on people that they themselves couldn't do, he pushed back. He will always resist the self-righteous, the proud. That's what he calls them. It's not where, man, my, my, my kid's got straight A's. I'm proud. That's not the proud he's talking about. He goes, I'm blessed because of me. That's pride. I have the gift of healing because I pray in tongues so much. That's pride. Does that make sense? He goes, I give it to you freely. You knucklehead, you think you earned that? Jeez, man. Right? And guess what? They boast about it. So it's easier for me to go, I suck. And God's still good, and he works through me. Hallelujah, what a good God, man. <laughs> what a good God. That's what I love about him. Does that make sense? And he'll get your attention if you, if you start believing the wrong thing, won't you? It's not because the devil's after you. It's because you got darkness. You start to believe the wrong thing, and life doesn't work as well. But when you start going, man, God loves me. He's for me. He's forgiven me. Every blessing is yes and amen. Whatever I put my hand to shall prosper. Man, life is good. He provides for me. He heals freely. Everything's good. Guess what? People want to be around you. They'll hire you. They'll give you promotions. They'll do all of it. But if you're coming against this and coming against that and coming into agreement with my prayer partner, all these weird things we do, they're going to look at you and go, you're just bizarre. And it's typically your own heart that's stopping everything. And am I stepping on too many religious toes or no? Jesus, how many to religious toes did Jesus step on? All of them. He went to the head of the Bible school and he goes, you're the son of the devil. <laughs> Try that today. Woo! <sighs> That's what he pushed against, though. People putting requirements on stuff. Does that make sense? Oh, until now you've asked nothing in my name. Man, you're, you're, surnamed, you're surnamed Christ Jesus. You're in my family. You ask and you will receive so your joy may be full. You guys get it? So, and then ask is not just this flippant ask, guys. What, what, what I've showed you about what prayer before is, is it's not like, please, Lord, and you get yourself all tense and nervous and scared. And, is you calm yourself down as best you can, and you start meditating on, I have abundance. You start meditating on, he loves me. I am healed. If you got guilt and shame in your life, you go, you know what? 
He doesn't, he doesn't hold that against me. He's removed as far as the east is from the west. He loves me. Man, he keeps no record of wrong. It's not, it's not my behavior that's separating God's blessing in my life. It's my wrong thinking. It's my heart and mind that's not allowing me to receive God's best because I think I'm not worthy. Does that make sense? And so then the, then the religious leaders will go, well, here's the steps to get it. Do this so many times. Read the Bible more. Do this. Get into a good Bible study. Do, you know, all the, all the weird things. Where, not, not against any of that, but I, most times in a Bible study, I'm out in like 10 seconds. I go, you guys are wearing me out, man. It's the most depressed group of people I've ever been around. Like, when do we get to go have fun? Like, we'll live life a lot. I don't know. Anyway, that's not my, so my joy may be full. That's like so my misery can be hit to the max level. So, anyway, <laughs> I think he wants to have fun. You guys get it? What do you, just think about this. Is uh, when we have a wedding, do we celebrate it? Or do we pray and fast and tell everybody to get in their closet? We celebrate life when, when things happen. Does that make sense? That's what Jesus did. All the feasts, once, once they realized that sin was gone, that it was removed from the east to the west, what did they do? They feasted. They did their thing. They, they, got, they got pumped up about life. Anyway, Jesus came eating and drinking. He said, you wine, bibber, and you glutton, stop doing that. Right? I don't do that. I go, no, that's why you're so stinking miserable. Live life once, man. People are going to like you a little bit more, too. Follow me? So Reg is digging that one, right? Yeah. So anyway, let's, go, let's finish this up. Okay. All right. So <laughs> don't get busy shadowboxing demons, the enemy, all this stuff. It's, they're defeated. There's nothing there. It's your own darkness that's manifesting things. Whatever you believe in your heart is going to produce. So if you, if you, if you think you're, you're battling a demon, guess what's going to happen to you? You're going to produce a demon. A spirit is something you believe in your heart that brings something to life, that animates. Go look it up. That's the second definition of spirit. Does that, does that make sense? So when Adam and Eve ate from the wrong tree, what happened? Did God separate from them? Did he love them just the same? Did he hold sin against them? So what happened? They believed the wrong thing, and all those things became real to them. That became very tangible to them. Like, God's mad at me. Man, he's going to be like every other God. He's going to require a human sacrifice, a child sacrifice, to appease this angry God. And he comes along, and he goes, no, that's pagan. I'm unlike every other God. I'm going to let you sacrifice and put your anger on me. And I'll still say, that doesn't separate you from me. You guys get it? Okay, so... He gathered up everything. His summation was Christ. So if you can't figure out a scripture, look at Jesus. Does it fit Jesus? See, we've tried to do it the other way. The Bible says this, and then we try to fit it into Jesus. And guys, come on. If you, there's, there's more interpretations of the Greek words in scripture than there are words in the Bible. Don't tell me it's not. It, don't tell me, because here's what we think. It's the inerrant word of God. Then one of the scriptures is wrong, because they're all different. He was always worried about the interpretation. He said, none of you knew me. That's why I came in the flesh to show you who I am and to prove to you that God was never mad and I'm your dad. You guys get this? So make sure that scripture fits Jesus, not Jesus fits the scripture. We've elevated the Bible above Jesus and I don't like it because people go, the Bible says this and then I can, go, I can take somebody who knows, never reads the Bible, full of joy, loves their family, their business is prospering, everything else, which life would you want? I'd rather want to have that one. I really would. Then they go, I'm right, because the Bible says this. You're, you're, you're miserable. Your body's starting to fall apart. You're dying. You're sick, because guilt and shame does all this weird stuff. Does that make sense? So 
If you focus on anything but Jesus, guess what happens? You get a distorted view. You're eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil again. You become the accuser. You start using scripture to blame people. But who's being condemned ultimately? You are. That's why I said be careful how you judge. Judge them, versus, judge them with the right tree because otherwise you yourself are going to be judged because you think they're doing this. Anyway, so we're victorious sons of a loving father that whatever you ask for, he shall give you. Isn't that good news? So how do we do this thing? Let's just let's, you get to your feet. You, we're done. I'll get you out of here. Oh, so here's how simple this actually is. He said, the first thing you need to know is you're perfectly loved and radically forgiven. Is there anything that can separate you from his promises? No. Does sin separate his favor in your life? No. Man, that's hard for people to get. Oh, it's their own thought process that believes they're guilty. Here, why it's interesting is you really, when you really see ministries that are effective about healing the heart, they, they're very good at it's not your fault. God's not mad at you. He loves you perfectly as if you've never sinned. He loves you perfectly. All you, somehow you got some wrong beliefs about yourself and that's why it's producing the fear, the anxiety, the health problems, everything that we deal with. Does that, does that make sense? So we, we get that out of the way going, man, he loves me and that's what, that's what Paul was trying to say. That's what Jesus was trying to say. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. You're not an orphan. You have a dad. Does that, does that make sense? And if you ask dad, he's a good dad, he's going to give you anything that his name qualifies you for. So you meditate as if it's already done. Follow me? So we, are, we, so we get ourselves into love versus blame, and I don't know enough about the Bible. And uh, I was going around and around with this person the other day. He's like, I don't know enough. I said, do you know Jesus? Do you know he loves you? Yep. Do you love other people? She goes, yeah. I said, the whole thing is summed up in that. That's what Jesus said. If you love God and you love other people, everything's summed up in that. You got it. You know him. Don't get bogged down in there, man. You're going to start getting angry. So I'll let you do your thing, Reg. So here's the, yeah, you got something, right? So here's what I want you to know. Guard your hearts, your minds, your speech. Because that's the things, the spirit realm is what God uses to produce in your life. And so here's the deal. If you're having, let's just use any challenge. If you start having a health challenge, everything sources from here. It's a wrong belief. It's probably guilt and shame. You think you did something wrong. You could have done something better. There's embarrassment. There's something. So what you need to do, it's not just, oh, please, God, do this thing. That's not how it works. It's this. As you start to think on these things, things that are lovely, things that are pure, things that are true, things that have virtue, you start to focus on that. Does that make sense? So you see yourself healthy, you see yourself whole, you see yourself loved is probably the most important thing. That's why when you pray for the sick, you see his love and light and warmth flow out of you to them. And that takes care of everything else. It's really fascinating. So it's not uh, <clears throat> trying to build up my faith because I see people crash and burn all the time because ultimately they get back into, I'm not good enough, my faith is too low, my something, my this and that and levels and scales and oh. He, you can call him dad. He loves you. And if you ask, he gives it. Meditate on that. So you see if it's already done. And if you think on that, if your business is not prospering, here's what you do. You see it prospering. <laughs> and when you change that pattern, you'll produce more in one second than your effort could do in a year. 
Because almost all the teaching, whether it's Christian, whether it's secular, if something's not right in your life, they always, the inevitably is this, do more. Do something more. And I just, so here's the thing. I'm not against work. You guys understand that? It's not like you're sitting at home lazy. But when you start seeing yourself prosperous and you see your business prospering, and thank you, Father, that whatever I put my hand to shall prosper. And you love to just bless your kids. You love to bless. That starts to, that starts to rechange everything in your heart and your mind. And life starts to come out of you. You'll be the busiest guy. But you're doing it not stressed. Does that make sense? The best part is you get home at night and go, man, that was a huge day. I was just telling them the other day, I was like, man, Carlos and I, we didn't stop, man. We, we landed, boom, we're this and that. And people, people will start begging to meet with you. It's a wonderful thing. Grace says, do this and do this and make this many contacts, do this. I'm like, no. You can do more. Someday you're going to get tired of that. And then once you stop, you're going to worry about, oh, no, what if it dries up? Follow me? So I'm not saying you to be lazy. In fact, you should be like Paul where you go, man, it's not me living anymore. It's him living through me, and I'm out working. Everybody enjoy. Does that make sense? So I'm not telling you to be lazy. I'm telling you to go kick rear end. But out of his spirit, out of love, out of joy, I just like pumped up, man. Whatever I do is going to work. And, and if it's not, guess what? Then I need to rechange that thought pattern. You'll do more in a second than you can do in your works. Does that make sense? All right. Here's my friend Reg. Can we turn on uh, mic three? You just you wrap it up, bro. Okay. Oh. Well, I like I like to get I like to get a T-shirt. What kind of T-shirt? I'm never mad, and I'm your dad. <laughs> 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 or put it on a billboard, or post it on Facebook, or. Oh, I love that. Never mad, and I'm your dad. Well, here's what he gave me this morning. He said. It's about his irresistible love for us. It's irresistible. He said, and, and Jesus, how many times did Jesus say, you have heard this or you have heard that? Well, here's what Jesus was telling me. He says, you have heard it's not about you. That's a lie. It is about you. It's about his love for you, how much he loves you. And that's, that'll humble you. Once you know it's about you, because here's what else he said. He said, God doesn't need our love because he is love. <laughs> he is, he's got all the love that he has. He doesn't need our love. We act like, oh, I got to love him first, or, you know, or, you know, do this or do that. No, he just loves you just the way you are. And once you feel that love, like Mike said, there's three things. I think he forgot one now. You love God because he first loved you. You love your neighbor, but you can't love your neighbor unless you love yourself. And you can't love yourself unless you know how much God loves you. And then that love will just flow out of your belly like living waters. Because you're secure. You're not insecure anymore. You are, you're like a rock. You can kick butt. You can do these things because you know how much you're loved. And I'm here to tell you, that's what he wanted me to tell you, how much you are loved. It is about you. He went to the cross because of you. He knows we have feet of clay. He knows we're all dirt balls. We don't have to remind ourselves of that. <laughs> he wants you to know how much he loves you. And he says, uh, he said, we, we need 
We need his love just like a sunflower reaches to the sun to survive. His love is irresistible and it's in our DNA. We shine because he shines on us. And the most important thing is how much he loves us. How much he, and, and his love is irresistible. I don't care who you are. When you feel that love, uh, you know, everything melts away. So, Father God, we just thank you for your love, that you first loved us when we were pawn scum. We were nothing. But you, you just loved us because you made us. And, and we're the ones who thought we were pawn scum, not you. <laughs> you knew that your breath was in every one of our atoms. And that name, you used Adam to call the first man Adam because he was filled with your breath, his A-T-O-M-S. And so are you. Every one of you is filled with his breath. Thank you, Father God, for that. And that we are so, so much loved by you. Thank you, Father. Let's go out feeling that love. Amen.